0: Learn that death is not the end of the new flesh. Long the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back.
1: Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. And
0: hey, you know, it's the J Man Joe Avella coming at you. I'm back, baby. Joe Avella on the Instagrams. And this is a horror movie podcast about horror movies and things tangentially related to horror and the horror lifestyle. Um, what are we doing today? We're doing Stillborn, we're doing Family Blood? Yeah,
1: we're doing a couple new new releases that are available uh, to stream right now. One of them is just on Shudder. Yeah, just mm-hmm. dropped. One's on Shudder exclusively, and the other one is on Netflix, but it's a Blumhouse Tilt release, which we Ooh. mentioned in the past. Uh, those are our boys. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about those, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can take action right away and watch them if you so wish. Um, you can
0: absolutely
1: can. Yeah, so that's the main event. Uh, there's plenty of news. Still, uh, some some con uh, horror news that we didn't even get to last week on last week's what two and a half hour uh, <laughs> Bitten pieces filled Jesus episode. Jesus Christ, you guys! We went long. Uh, scout is like a fucking encyclopedia. I just I, yeah. got, I love hearing him talk, so I just let it happen.
0: Second second scout uh, appearance on the pod.
1: Yes, second scout appearance. Uh, they're, He's they're, a good guest.
0: Yes, uh, he did a great job. I will say though that one story where he said that someone complained that he uh, he was laughing too loud in the theater. Like uh, I would have totally done that. <laughs> like fuck, keep it down. Enjoy and the film quietly. He shrieked a few times in the pod, and I was like, yeah, I can see people complaining about this guy's laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a spir- <laughs> It was a spirited discussion. We were drinking yeah, yeah, vodka
0: yeah. while we were doing it.
1: We were going crazy. It was a crazy day. What were you doing oh, last he- week? Was it your anniversary or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> two, you have no, it's two and a half years, this guy has no interest in my life. <laughs> Uh, what was I doing? Uh, I was in Austin and then Chicago because I went to Austin to shoot some stuff for work. I love Austin. So I went down there for about three and a half days, then flew up and around to Chicago uh, to Chicago. visit my folks. Shitown, cool. visit my folks. And then also my buddy Chris Martin got married, not from, the guy from, from, from Coldplay. The, uh, you took or, a joke right out of my mouth. Yeah, and I know, and yeah. <laughs> um, and that was really awesome. The wedding was a ton of fun. So so many friends and since it's high school, it's a high school homie. And also, he had one of our favorite bands, the Teenage Bottle Rockets, play, and it fucking rocks. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun. yeah. It was a of, oh, it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, so sorry if I missed this. I missed two, I think. Yeah, because I lost on a Sunday. Didn't? Oh, but we recorded no. Saturday. Did the Nexum episode? Yeah, you
1: only missed one. You're fine. I didn't okay, make good. any jokes about butt surgery because I'm nice. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so what what else did
0: you do this week? Was that it? Oh, no! oh, yeah, uh, actually, I got to meet and hang out at the studio and one Mr. Kevin Yeager, the genius special effects mind who created such uh, horror icons as Chucky from Sh- uh, Child's Play and the Crypt Keeper, among other things. He also did all the special effects for, um... Sleepy Hollow. He did Nightmare on Elm Street two, three, and four. So, Like
1: practical uh, effects, like yeah, he's a
0: practical effects guy. Oh yeah, big time. Oh man, so. and uh, luckily, uh, one of our one of my uh, colleagues at Business Insider, excuse me, Insider, uh, Ian Phillips, hooked us up with the interview. Um, so I went in there. Me and uh, me and uh, Connor Blake got to go to his studio in Van Nuys, California, for about uh, uh, an hour and a half and just shoot the shit with the guy. He is so cool. His studio is amazing. He has all the props out on display there, plus is still-working studio. He's working on a bunch of stuff with another guy in there as we came by. Um, I will tell you, all of you about that in a minute, but before we get to that, I also want to point out that we're going to have a very hearty What Did You Watch? I've seen so much stuff since I last talked to you guys, including this is going to be the first ever What Did You Watch surprise, where I'm going to surprise Brett, dare blow his mind. I saw a movie that Brett's been hounding me about since we met. To see, I finally saw it. Not gonna tell him what it is until it's time. Oh God, and I hate this. <laughs> you just have to wait. Before <laughs> that, plenty of bits and pieces, including I think three people in the entertainment industry, No people in the entertainment industry, have been accused of sexual harassment in the oh, past. Oh yeah,
1: I didn't pull those up. I'm, uh, I can probably do them from
0: memory though. Yeah, probably three boneheads too. It wasn't even someone who. If all three instances, I was just like, "Yeah, fuck this person." I don't even know the details, but I'm sure they're guilty. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was crazy. Okay, so you want me to talk about Kevin Yeager's uh, studio now?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, have you tweeted the sure. photos? Because you texted me them, and they're great. I have and not. I, no, I have not because
0: – yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be sending out a lot of photos because uh, the video is not up yet. Okay. So once the video up, I can share, share stuff on social I see. So go to Van Nuys, uh, you know, he's a pretty young guy considering how much he has accomplished. I'm going to pull up his IMDb real quick, but I want to point out like – so. I, I knew of his work, but I had no idea like what he looked like. Sure. And I'm like, oh, it's probably gonna be like some old guy, guy like, uh, you know, like like Rob. I put him in the categories like Rob Bodden, and fucking um, uh, who's that other guy who, who's also on Instagram? Um, oh god, I'm drawing a blank. He mentioned him like three or four times. Anyway, uh, I I like I put Jaeger up there with like you know, horror, legendary practical effects horror guys. I mean. Sure. He was. He's born He's born in sixty two. So how is that to make him like fifty something? He's like in his early fifties, I think. Is that right? Am I way off?
1: Uh, you're not way off. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, fifties sounds about right. Sixties, I think.
0: Well, I'll put it this way. He does not look that yeah. old. I, I, if I would have seen him walk on the street, I would have guessed like uh, mid forties. He looks good. So just, if he's a, if, he, if he, if he, excuse me, he is a. Uh, And a living example of if you do what you love, you live forever. Because this guy, I mean, he was so nice. He had such energy. He was so um, articulate and had no problem kind of giving us a tour and talking about all these pieces. And I, of course, geeked out a lot. But let me hit you with some hits real quick. Okay. So Sleepy Hollow. Face Off. He did uh, the Travolta Cage movie. Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 2, 3, and 4. The uh, Unfortunate Events, Lemony Snicket movies, which I've not seen. But, you know. What's-His-Face looks crazy in that. Yeah, Jim uh, Carrey. He, he also did the Freddy's Nightmares, the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show. Oh, yeah. Uh, 22 episodes of that. Honey, I blew up the kids. Oh, my uh, God.
1: That one has a giant yeah. toddler.
0: Yep, he had all the uh, the miniature uh, – he had a miniature Rick Moranis because they had to get, like, all the shots of the babies walking around, like the real baby actor or whatever. They had to make miniatures of all the cast in there, so he showed us his miniature Rick Moranis. I was like, that's <laughs> amazing. Uh, he had, oh, he had all the original stuff. So Child's Play, he did. he designed Chucky. Uh, he, by the way, would go on and marry the mother in Child's Play. Her name is Kiss at the moment. But that is his wife. Uh, he did, and he also go on to do the effects for uh, Child's Play two and three. He also designed the Crypt Keeper and had that on display. Uh, he also did. I mean, that's um, gonna...
1: that's iconic as fuck, right there. So,
0: so Mission Impossible two, he is the one who had to make all the masks that they have in there. You know, when they, when it was like, like rip guys his pull, pull faces off. Yeah. yeah. So he had them all on display, I and mean, we he was talking about how it was like he had to make a Tom Cruise mask, but not like a. A realistic one, like a loose one that like the the actor just, could like, hold. Cut to him pulling it off. Exactly. Yeah, he did the special effects to make Johnny Depp look various ages and blow. He did the uh, Nick Cage makeup and adaptation, including the fat suit for oh, wow. the uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, like I say, he did Face Off, so he did all the effects for. Um, the Nicolas Cage and uh, John Travolta scene. Would like to take the faces off and have the bodies and stuff like that. Right. And he did uh, he did Wind Talkers where he, I got to hold the severed head of Christian Slater. <laughs> and, he, he did, and Most recently, he did every single episode of Bones. That's 234 episodes, I believe. That was uh, that's like 12 seasons of that show. And he yeah. said at least, every episode had at least one corpse. So had to do at least a corpse a week for eight or nine years. That's steady. That's good steady work if you can get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did great. So a couple of crazy things. Like So he has in his office and then also in the back in his studio, he has hanging up on the wall, the chest up of uh, Nicolas Cage and um, John Travolta, of the, the the effects they did to actually take the faces off and face off over we to switch them. Right. So he has, that, he has it on display, and also in between that is the head of Christian Slater. I shit you not, I'm standing, I don't know, a foot away, I'm getting really close, like I'm in a museum. Dude, it looks real. Yeah. Like, like, they have five o'clock shadows. He put in every hair individually on the body. The flesh tones are perfect. It looks exactly like... Both those guys, he said for the for all of them, including the Christian Slater head, to get the five o'clock shadow, he gave them beards, then shaved the beards off. That's fucking that crazy? insane. it's insane, and I'm just like, this is nuts. And then we go back, and he also has on display the full body cage and Travolta, as detailed, full body, head to toes, they have their legs and arms, because they're naked on those things, like little like cloths covering their genitals or whatever. So he said like, yeah, I had like five guys just working on them just for the hair, and that took like months to do, right? And then he has a thing set up where he like turns on the power or whatever, and then he set it up so they are animatronically, like they breathe, and their faces kind of like flinch, like rapid eye movement, like they're asleep. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He He had said that he had set it up on set one day, and, like, just got in there early and set it up. And when people were coming on set, they were like, oh, are they sleeping? Are they already ready to go? Like, everyone thought it was really the actors waiting to <laughs> – crazy. Are they sleeping? What are they doing?
1: That's incredible. Had, I know. He
0: also had the original uh, Chucky heads from 1, 2, and 3. Nice. Uh, but they've all kind of, like – They've, they've evolved would, a little bit each time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But um, the, the actual quality of the heads are all, like, banged up and falling apart because he used – I think silicone for those back then. If it wasn't silicone, it was something else. Some, some material that just like rots. Is this going to be a mean?
1: pretty long video or just a quick little?
0: A three-minute video. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we got a lot of footage. I'll look over it. I'm not editing it, so I'll dig up some more and see if I can uh, extract some more and maybe do like yeah, some extras. Yeah, I'd love extras. to see all that
1: shit. That sounds really oh cool. Oh, my
0: God. It was so great. And he was so much fun to talk to him. I forgot about this. He directed Hellraiser 4.
1: Oh God! I wish I knew which one that was off the top of my head.
0: That's the uh, that's the uh, Adam Scott one. It's the, the time Oh, is that Bloodline is that... or
1: whatever? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah,
0: he did Bloodlines. He he directed it. He was telling us about how you know he did some effects for the hell races leading up to it, and I think they approached Dude, him he to Alan direct. Alan that movie. Yeah, of course. Well, here's what happened. So he he gets it, He gets involved in it. He, oh no, he's he's also like Harvey Weinstein's fucking sucks. Like he's like I hate the guy. Of course, because. Cause you know, I mean, we all hate him now, but he's like, yeah, back then he fucking hated him because he because it's uh, Weinstein's fault that that movie fucking sucks so bad. Because he they get the script, you know, he gets it, he loves it. They make the movie. He didn't do all the effects thing; he just did most like the center by dogs, which he had there, and it looked fucking amazing. Like the hooks and shit. I'm like, dude, this rules. Yeah. And he was talking about working with Adam Scott and said Adam Scott was a great guy and crazy talented, et cetera, et cetera. But the movie wasn't originally supposed to be so like jumpy around. Right, but like he he makes the movie, and the script gets approved, they do it, they're they're making this movie, and as they're making it, like you know, producers are showing up, and Harvey Weinstein shows up on set, and he's furious because like in the original script, the oh, pinhead doesn't show up to like page forty, you know what I mean? Yeah. it was going to be more about the origins of the box and how to like fucked all these people up, and like, and, and he had said that they gave him some crazy note after they started shooting, like like uh, no chains and no hooks, and he's like. It's Hellraiser, it's all chains and hooks. I <laughs> so I forget if there are chains and hooks in that, they might have said no. Oh, and they also told him they wanted a PG-13. That's so they shot all this. completely fucking ridiculous. Isn't that preposterous? So they shot, they had a, a bunch of gore they wanted to do. Halfway through it, they had to like stop and not shoot it. And then later when they were cutting it together, they were like, well, no, we want an R. And he's like, we well, any shooting the gore. So this is why the movie has like, like not a lot of teeth to it and a lot of people standing around talking. But then- That is an insane story.
1: That's a dope video,
0: man. I wish we, you know, I wish I then, had this footage. <laughs> and then uh, the the finally after he's done, and he turned it in. The studio just spent they probably re-edited. I think he said three or four times and like edit things out of sequence. And I even think he said that some of the sequences in there he didn't even shoot. They just like someone else wrote them and put them in there to you know to try and make the story make more sense. After they just butchered the shit out of it. So it's like by the time. It was ready to go. He was like, I, I don't want any. Yeah, he took name his of name him. off it, actually. That's uh, it's quite a. Well, the way he says it, the way says it says it's just like, it sounds like it wasn't his movie. It sounds like they went in there and changed everything and reshot stuff and re edited it. It's like, it's not his movie. Why would he want his name on yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it's the Cabin Fever 2 Ty West situation. Yeah. Also. Kind
0: of, you know. So, anyway, but he was great. Uh, super nice. Had a blast. He uh, even had, he showed us. Um, Oh, he he famously made the the Freddie snake, the giant snake that eat, tries to devour Patricia Arquette in three. Oh still God. has it, still has it in the studio. Things fucking banged up to shit, also falling apart. Pulled it out, pulled out the big head or whatever for it, and I guess he showed he showed us a um a like miniature they made of it, like just like you know like a, like a foot and a half tall thing, and and the uh, and the studio is like we want it to look phallic, so he showed us the original one, dude. It looks like a dick. It looks like a penis with Freddy's face on it. Yeah, footage it's of that. So- uh i have have a picture of it oh my god yes and uh and and then he shows up with the thing they made it and they're like what are you doing dude it's too phallic (laughs) he's like what so then it was his idea to then make a bunch of that green slime and just like dump slime all over it so they shot it in reverse they put her in it and then like i I think i think they went over this and never sleep again we're like yeah it off of her, it's like shot and reverse it instead of devouring her, and they also just like douse the thing in that green slime and kind of shot around the fact that it had a fucking like a mushroom tip back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that most of
1: his stories are like any of our stories about having like a bad, like you know, two like bad uh management and bosses and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like the studio just being like, we want X, and then they give him X, and they're like, no, we wanted Y, and he's like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what
0: it is, and like we even talked a little bit about like you know. When you're doing special effects, it's like okay, like here's everything you need to go, and we're gonna check in on you from time to time. But like, just like an actor shows up prepared to do a thing, like he shows up with all of his effects and typical like Hollywood bureaucracy, and sometimes even like pain in the ass directors, you can't just go like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. It's like okay, well, I spent three months doing this, so, so it's like yeah, like you know, what can he do? Like kind of trying to figure stuff out on the fly, and part of the reason why he wanted to direct uh, Hellraiser was that he had felt like with his work and even like Hellraiser two and three, they didn't really get the, the people who made that don't understand special effects. So they have these talented people and they just like, didn't shoot them. Right. And he thought, he just figured, well, if I directed and I know effects, I can kind of make it a more effects friendly way of directing, you know, understanding that, but that didn't matter anyway, because then the fucking producers came in and shot at the shit, but very fascinating. Nice guy. Uh, yeah, so that was my experience hanging out with Kevin Yeager. How did How did
1: Ian hook you up with that? Did he like know? Did,
0: did he know, you know uh, because uh, if anyone is on Instagram, Kevin Yeager has a very popular Instagram oh, page. Oh, okay. So, get that. so he said something that I thought was really interesting. He's like, you know, doing special effects. They're artists. They're talented. I mean, you got to be able to paint and sculpt and do – a bunch of, and also know, like understand materials and science. Cause most of the time you're like, or electronics and stuff. It's like, you wear a lot of hats to be as good as he has. He didn't say that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for him. Like you gotta be pretty much an expert at at least five different things to do effects properly in Hollywood. The problem is, and you know, he makes a good point. He's like, you spend all this time on like a model, like for instance, the Christian Slater head that I, shit. You not looks fucking exactly like him. Like I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know I'm holding a fake head, but this looks like a fucking real head anyway. He's like, but they don't – that one's a perfect example of, like, in Wind Talkers, which I haven't seen, uh, he gets decapitated in it. And there's going to be a scene where, like, uh, Nicolas Cage, like, holds it up and almost, like, talks to it or, like, gets really close to it to say goodbye to his friend. And I forget, I forget who directed it. I think that was Isn't the Ang Lee a- 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 movie. Isn't it John Woo? John Woo. Yes, yes, it's yes, John the head, they had it apart from that, and they just were just like, this isn't working. It's too weird. He's talking to a head. Forget it. So it just, it's just like you see the head roll across the screen I think, like, it's in the distance, but you don't get a good shot of it. And that's, you know, the filmmaker's prerogative. Fine. So he likes Instagram because it gives him an opportunity to get, like, really close and share with fans the details of his work that you normally wouldn't see in the movies.
1: He basically worked with John Woo John a lot. Because you said he did oh, yeah. Face Off and Mission Impossible two. Mission Impossible two. I yes. uh, wonder if he was involved in Ben Affleck's paycheck. Also a well, gonna, Wu uh, movie.
0: No, but he did do a Cradle to the Grave. Did uh? Is that I a Wu movie?
1: No, that is not a Wu that, movie. But that, that,
0: that was is, that was that was Jet Li and uh. And Seagull?
1: Dmx, no Dmx. Oh
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: The Seagull one Trash. is like a different one that I'm thinking of. There is a movie with Dmx and uh
0: and him. I'm pretty sure. Yes. So if anyone wants to check it out, his uh, his Instagram handle is JaegerFX, FX, and his last name is spelt uh, Y A G H E R FX. And uh, anyway, uh, check him out on Instagram, and he's a very nice guy. And I can't wait to see how the uh, the interview came out. Nice.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's. What did I do this week? Uh, nothing of note uh, to talk about until what did you watch? I also watched some things. I actually saw what probably isn't the best movie I'll see this year easily. Um, sure. And uh, I just wanted to gripe about, uh, did you see this nine inch Nails tour situation? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Nine Inch Nails announced a tour, and the so only good. way just to get so tickets, glad. the only way to get tickets is to go in person and get them at the venue. Which interesting, yeah, which in theory, I'm all about because they're trying to the whole thing is like, uh, let me read to you what they said about it. This actually pissed me off the way they they wrote it. So
0: real quick, so this so if I'm understand if I hear this, I'm like, yes, this is like a way to deter scalpers because in digital, you can pass them around. And not to mention the fact that, like, you know people forget, we've read about this before when we talk about concerts, is that you know Ticketmasters clearly in bed with um with StubHub. And the oh, fact that sure. a concert, a concert like Nine Inch Nails goes on, goes on sale. at United Center sells out in, in five minutes. But what do you know? The tickets are twice as much on StubHub. Well, golly gee, whiz. Yeah. like?
1: Well, the problem here is that, that that's what they wanted to do. But they didn't, like, they didn't, like, the only way to really get around this type of thing, which some bands do and it's very frustrating, but this actually works, is when you make it uh, will call only and no name changes. So the only, like, if you're buying a ticket, you're fucking going to that show. Like, that's really the only way I can think of that is actually scalper proof. Because all that happened for this is you inconvenience scalpers is what you did. You made a group of people stand in front of a venue instead of sit at their computers using bots. Like they still did it. If you go to StubHub right now, tickets for every fucking show of this tour are for thousands of dollars right now. So this didn't oh, work damn. at all, and it pisses me What's off.
0: It, and so, there, so what was it? What, what was it? You had to go there when you get the ticket. Was it a, they gave you a paper ticket? It's a paper ticket. It's like a, it's like a
1: cool like a special ticket that looks a little cooler than a regular one. But let me read like this pretentious shit that they wrote. Um. The promise of a world made better by computers and online connectivity has failed us in many ways, particularly when it comes to ticketing. Everything about uh, the, <laughs> everything about the so I know, it's terrible. Everything about the process sucks and everyone loses except the reseller. We've decided to try something different that will also likely suck, but in a different way. We're hoping many of you will be happy with the results, while some may do what they always do and bitch about it. Ha <laughs> ha he's right uh here's how it works oh, You. well i
0: hate when people do that They're like yeah well if you don't bitch about it because you're It's like, yeah well you fucked up
1: yeah so you an actual human being show up at a box <laughs> office interact with the ticket seller another actual human being and purchase up to four tickets that will actually be handed to you on the spot the tickets will not be available online or anywhere else before or during that day all seats including the best ones will be available first come first serve. you may actually encounter other actual human beings with similar interests likely wearing black clothing during the process and potentially interact with them the experience has the potential to be enjoyable. Nine Inch Nails has always been about bringing people together,
0: living life to the fullest, and good times. So general mission, general admission at uh, the Hollywood Bowl, I think it is out here in uh, California. Where'd it go? I just had it a second ago. Um, on Stuff Yep. Yeah, yes. Our uh, wait, hang on. I'm. I, I found it, and then I'm gonna yeah. see one well- ticket is. Uh, I can get one right now for 187. How much do they go for?
1: Ah, uh, like 50 or 60.
0: So that's not bad. That like I've
1: I I saw Arctic Monkeys a couple weeks ago and I paid a little more than I should have and I felt it was reasonable. But like the ones that the the, the New York ones, they're playing a Radio City Music Hall for two nights, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're the good seats are over a thousand on StubHub right now. I I'm, I'm planning on going, getting a ticket on StubHub the day of because that's what I always do when scalpers end up fucking a show. But the whole the whole pretentious way that they did this. Made it seem like they had some genius plan in, in mind that I didn't know about. But no, it's just like, yeah. So, like, they had, they had, like, a Twitter moment where people were like, look how much fun all these Nine Inch Nails fans had, like, hanging out and meeting people. And, like, sure, that's good PR, I guess. But, like, also there are tons of fans who, like, didn't – weren't able to go, stand in line fucking all night. And, like, that sucks. Why, and it's so this, still on Stuff Hub.
0: And here's why this is really irritating and why – actually, I was thinking, like, maybe I will go, but now I'm already not going to. And here's why. Because I'm looking at this one ticket, 187. That's more than I want to pay. But let's say I did want to pay that. Now I got to go meet up with some fucking jackass and get his oh, ticket. Oh, yeah,
1: because they're not online. They're not digital. That's I right. never,
0: I never. if I'm going to buy anything online, it's got to be digital. Send me the barcode to my phone. Yeah. And the fact that you're, you remember, because you got burned on those Ween tickets. the only you time in my life, it. yes. So what the fuck does this Nine Inch Nails ticket look like? Um, it's its own little
1: envelope and package. I don't know what the actual tickets look like. They might actually be normal. Exactly. But like they come in some envelope. Yeah.
0: They could be so scouts some, and fake. Some fucking graphic designer who knows how to po- go, who understands you I can know. go to like, a, they did go a nothing. Paper, go to paper source and get a hologram, uh, 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 tape for like, you know, 25 cents. Yeah. Could just put something on it. Oh, that's so irritating. The point here is
1: that monster. they tried and they like, they did not a single thing that helped at all. Like. It's yeah. very annoying. And uh, it's from uh, Arctic Monkeys when they did this show that was very – like they played Brooklyn Steel, which is, you know, the last time they were here they sold out at Madison Square Garden. So, like, that's an 1,800-person room. that sh- tickets were fucking gone immediately. Uh they had will call or like the tickets were sent to you like day of only like they they actually took steps to make it harder and my favorite part was I I told the the staff when I got there there was a guy selling tickets on the corner they don't, they, they literally didn't print any tickets so there was a hundred percent chance that they're fake so I fucking ratted that guy out and I hope he got in I hope he got in trouble Fuck that guy um let's move on because we have a lot of news and a lot of yes. watches okay so you I'm so back trying.
0: so yeah yeah oh yeah of course of course of course ready <clears throat> I'm going to give you little bits and pieces going to give you bits and pieces going to give you the bits and the pieces. You can see the man. I forgot. I lost the thread there. Bits and pieces. Okay, cool. Thank
1: you. Let's start with, I'm just going to go in order that my tabs are, uh, the writers of Zombieland who are also the writers of Deadpool. Movie or show? Uh, the movie. Okay. Was there a show? I think there was a pilot. I don't know if there was a show. Okay. This sucks. I'm sure it sucked. Uh, They say Zombieland 2 with the original cast is aiming for a 2019 release. Yeah. Yeah, they said, the hope is that we're shooting that thing early 2019 for an October 2019 release with the original cast. We are sitting on information that we can't entirely share at the moment, but we can say we think fans of Zombieland who have been hoping for a Zombieland 2 will will grant their wish very soon. Uh, Zombieland came out, oh God, 10 years ago, I think?
0: At least, yeah, 2009, I
1: think. Yeah, so like, it was, I see why it was a big deal then because like, Zombies weren't as big a thing yet. I mean, they all, like, mm-hmm. there was the Dawn of the Dead remake in, like, what, 2004, and, like, there's always zombie stuff. But now, like, post Walking Dead, it's so different. And this was pre Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So now I think, like, there's, it's like, who cares? Like, why would this be an interesting yeah. thing to do now?
0: This is like uh, the Super Troopers 2 that came out. It's like, yeah. oh, great. Like, I mean, uh, seven years too late. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally agree. I love Zombie when I in the theater. I yeah. fucking, I was like, this rules, it, like, it's at the funny. time, I was, was like, funny. Uh, "Yeah." At the time, I was like, "Oh my god, it's like Shaun of the Dead in the sense of like it understands horror. It's legitimately scary at some points, but it's also really funny. It's a fun adventure. Bill like, I was like,
1: stuff. Great. Yes, it
0: was. It was so. Good. At the end, when they go to the actual amusement park. Yes, and just holy yes. shit! Like, great, great third act. So much fun. Like, the second it was over. I was like, "Yeah, let's do a sequel." Like, if they came out with Zombieland Two, within four years of Zombieland, it would have been pretty have big. Done, I think that one by 2013 would be huge. It's 2018. I don't yeah, think it's going to do anything. Nine years anymore. ago. Who I don't think it, it, yeah. it'll be 10 years. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, reminder that the cast is pretty good. It was Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, and Abigail Breslin.
0: That's so, pretty nuts that, that yeah. both Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone were in that movie. And at the time, it was like, they're kind of cute young teen kid actors. And now it's like they're like cute. Hollywood royalty. Yeah, yeah.
1: Both probably, I think they're both Oscar nominated. Um, yes. All right. So let's talk more about uh, Khan, Can, whatever you call it, the French. Sure french ass film festival uh the only horror news that we didn't get to last week because the the premiere was right after the episode is uh lars von trier's serial killer movie the house Mm -hmm. that jack built starring matt Dillon, uh Mm -hmm. came out and very predictably got you know hundreds of walkouts people just saying it's torturous and vile people are talking about child mutilation Um, I'm just going to read some tweets here I've never seen anything like this at a film festival More than 100 people have walked out uh, Larry Von Trier's movie Which depicts the mutilation of women and children It's disgusting, one woman said Uh, Mm -hmm. He mutilates Kylie or Riley Keogh He mutilates children and we are all there In formal dress expecting to watch it That's someone's quote Uh, Pretentious, vomitive, torturous, pathetic Blah 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 Uh, There's also a handful of people that fucking loved it So Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued Um, I just want to point out that Walkouts at this festival and booing and shit is like par for the course for every type of. Movie it like totally that. is. Yeah. Every
0: every, c- can film festival like, every movie gets a standing ovation for like three minutes. Yeah. Or, or people booed. are like so horrified they like storm out. It's nothing to do with the quality. I want to point out that performative. I would. Yeah, say. Clerks two got like a twenty minute standing ovation. I know. I'm not kidding. I know. I remember kidding. that. I remember that.
1: That's uh, preposterous. The, the, the new Spike Lee got an uh, eight-minute or something standing ovation, and that actually oh, looks fucking great. And yeah, that actually, I think, has won yeah. the Grand Prix Award. Uh, yeah, it yeah, so uh, Pulp Fiction, I think, was booed. Uh, mm-hmm. Twin Peaks was definitely booed. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life was booed. Uh, Lars von mm-hmm. Trier's Antichrist was booed. David Cronenberg's Crash taxi driver was even booed like yeah. like it's fucking ridiculous
0: uh it's just, it's, there's like a, there's a pretentiousness to the fest of course there is where everyone it, it just feels like the people who go there they go to be like i'm like watch me be disinterested in anything like like i don't know i, I don't know exactly what i'm looking at right now watch me boo and storm out like fuck off and by the way who the fuck is going to see a large ventura movie it's just like and, and like being like huh that like, was pretty pretentious. Like,
1: curl, well, they, like pearl clutching afterwards? Yeah. yeah like name,
0: name, name a thing that guy's done that's not pretentious or... or like offensive. I mean, yeah. yeah, offensive. I mean, like I really like Antichrist. I was yeah. so, so melancholia. Uh, Breaking uh, those, the Waves
1: is amazing.
0: What else has he done? Uh, uh, Dogville? Is that him? Did he do Dancer in the Dark? Yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, that movie's great, but it's like... I mean, I probably wept halfway through, through the second half of the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Maniac. then, uh, oh, Nymphomaniac is probably his last one, right? All of his movies are in some way, um, I don't want to say provocative, but like offensive and depressing. I mean, that's all the guy does.
1: I know. And uh, so, uh, Ga- Ga- Gaspar Noe's new movie also had a similar reaction. But actually, the people I know who make fun of that guy and really hate him... They all really like this one. So I'm actually kind Which of excited. It's called Climax. I don't know anything about it. That's right. But yes, yes. Uh, Love was... Ugh, it was watchable, but it was also pre- very pretentious. Mm. End of The Void is very cool, irreversible. I would need to watch again. It's been such a long time. But all these provocateur filmmakers, like, fuck off with your performative uh, walkouts. Come on. Thank you. Uh, another con thing. Uh, uh, David Robert Mitchell, who was a indie darling because he made it follows and it's actually always made. So a second movie is coming out and it's called under the silver Lake and it stars Andrew Garfield and Riley Keogh, who's also in the Lars von Trier apparently. Um, but this movie mostly from my Twitter reactions, everyone fucking hated this movie. Just everyone yeah. called it pretentious garbage. Uh, friend of the sh- not friend of the show, but I would say Twitter friend of mine, Miriam Bale, said if you loved Inherent Vice, you will hate Under the Silver Lake. But if you what does all- that mean, <laughs> if you also hated Inherent Vice, you'll probably hate Under the Silver Lake. Because it's it looks like it's trying to be like that. Like it's a fake neo-noir set in LA that looks like it's trying to be that kind of movie. Here's some more It's
0: not like another horror movie or a scary movie. It's not a horror movie.
1: It's like a noir. Uh, The very definition of pretentious white male hipster douchebag bullshit. Boring misogynist devoid of meaning beyond self-indulgence. Under the Silver Lake, some of that was wonderful, ironic slap at pop culture and properly funny and disconcerting. Some of it was infuriated muddles and the gender politics are weird. I also feel old because of... What was played at the old music night? That's just an angry old man. Um, mm. Under the Silver Lake starts off aspiring towards Lynchian mystery, then very rapidly becomes an overextended episode of Scooby Doo. This sounds <laughs> really bad. Um, yeah. A few people liked it. Uh, David Ehrlich liked it, who notably likes goes to be contrarian, like is often contrarian. Mm. Uh,
0: people compare. All Sound- oh, they all compared Sound- it to Thomas okay.
1: Pynchon and like David Lynch, oh, but I don't know.
0: Sounds like he brown bunny. That's. Sounds like it all went to his head. Hey, everyone likes to follow us. Maybe I am the best filmmaker in the world. I know. I'll do this thing, even though everyone around me is telling me don't. Whoops! Turns out I suck. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll
1: see how that one is uh, received. I'm pretty sure it's an A24 release, so they r- rarely let me down. So maybe I'll like it, but we'll see. Uh, moving on.
0: Speaking of which, have you have you still been able to uh, to avoid hereditary hereditary um trailer yes
1: i have i'm telling you it's playing before everything i go see but i always close my i close my eyes and i just don't listen that is a poster i've seen the poster i saw the poster i'm intrigued
0: but the poster's giving something away don't you think like the shimmy baby head or whatever
1: yeah i got a screening of it actually coming up i I see it i think a week early yeah i'll let you know if there's any la ones i'll I'll ask the guy yeah Uh, please do um so uh, director, the director of Martyrs, the original, not the remake, uh, Pascal Liguier, yeah. uh he has a new movie, and it's called Incident in a Ghostland*, and it comes out allegedly in theaters and on VOD on June 22nd. Oh, great. Yeah. The story follows a mother of two who inherits a home from her aunt. On the first night in the new home, she is confronted with murderous intruders and fights for her daughter's lives. Sixteen years later, when the daughters reunite at the house, that is when things get strange.
0: Mm, I mean, I mean, it like, uh, sounds like, look, a, I, thought, I yeah. thought Martyrs, the original Martyrs, is pretty good.
1: Some I love it, think it's, but yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, I thought it was
0: pretty good. But he really is big on um, taking what, you know, taking the allegory, uh, using sexual abuse as an allegory, I guess, or, you know, the mistreatment of women. So I'm sure whatever's going to happen is going to involve uh, women getting skinned and beaten and tied
1: up. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh- I haven't seen his uh, other movie that he made, the American one called uh, "The Tall Man" with Jessica Biel. Is that out yet? Oh, it's so old. It's from like twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking the Slender Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tall Man. It, oh, it's not actually American. It's Canadian and French, but I don't. I, th- I think it's in English. I have not. Oh, seen what is it. this? This looks. What is this? Uh, all movie? I know is everyone hated it, but Scout really liked it. So who knows? His opinions are all over the place.
0: When uh, her child goes missing, a mother looks to unravel the legend of the Tall Man, an entity who allegedly abducts children. I mean, I fucking fell asleep. It sounds like asleep it's based a, on Slenderman. It does yeah. sound like that. It uh, could be. No.
1: All right. So moving on. Uh, mm. What else? Oh, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, who made that one movie, uh, Antiviral. Which oh was, terrible yeah it wasn't very good it was that satirical horror movie I think they were like uh-huh. selling celebrities illnesses to people or some shit so, so stupid it was weird I
0: made
1: it 15 minutes up is all I could take of that
0: movie
1: yeah I don't know if I finished it either um he has a new movie and it's called Possessor. And let's see what it's about. Uh, An agent for a secretive organization who uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, driving them to commit assassinations for the benefit of high-playing clients. Something Mm -hmm. goes wrong on a routine job, and she soon finds herself trapped in the mind of an unwitting suspect whose appetite for violence turns out to rival her own.
0: Interesting. I mean, that kind of doesn't sound exactly like, but that reminds me, what's that Tom Hardy movie that's coming out where, like, Upgrade, where his body's a computer and it just was, was like... Yeah, Upgrade no comes out pretty killer. soon,
1: the Leigh Whannell Blumhouse movie.
0: I mean, I think Upgrade looks like a lot of fun. Like, I mean, it looks like it's going to be in crank territory of just like, let's all watch a guy... Or like, Brawl and Cell Block 99 of, let's all watch a guy go crazy and beat the shit out of everyone around him. But I, I think it's interesting that the, that's 2 movies about uh, people without control over their bodies doing, like, uh, terrible things. I mean, that that, that, that is a... Um, like, whatever, like, your body being remotely controlled by someone for either good or evil. That is the most, like, 2018 idea I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> it also sort of reminds me of a movie that I just remembered existed, which is Mute. Huh. Remember Mute from a few months ago?
0: Oh, god damn, Mute. I,
1: oh. <laughs> the one that he dedicated to David Bowie? <laughs> yeah, woof, sorry. Woof. Yeah, sorry, no, Dad. Um, yeah. uh, uh, this week in Jordan Peele news... Jordan Peele uh, is producing a Nazi hunter drama, and it was ordered to series on Amazon, so straight to series. Great. Uh, it's called The Hunt, and it follows mm-hmm. a diverse band of Nazi hunters living in 1977 New York City. The Hunters, as they're known, have discovered that hundreds of high-ranking Nazi officials are living among us and conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the U.S. Holy the-
0: shit, that rules. I know. The eclectic- oh, my God. I didn't know this was about I thought when I heard Nazi this, I'm like, yeah, it's probably like inglorious Bastards. Oh, no. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. The eclectic team of
1: hunters will set out on a bloody quest to bring the Nazis to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans. Amazon ordered 10 episodes. It's based on original idea drawing from real life events and created by David Wheel, who will also write the series and serve as executive producer. Peel's uh, Monkey Paw Productions is producing... Um, uh, here's what Peel had to say. When David first shared the hunt with me, I immediately knew that we had to be involved. It's cathartic. It's noir. It's, it's noir. It's frighteningly relevant. It's exactly what I want to see on television. I am thrilled to be working with Amazon and bringing this incredible vision to the world. And he's also working on that Lorena Bobbitt uh, documentary. <laughs> he's got the, the Last OG with Tracy Morgan. He produces that. He's producing that show Lovecraft Country for HBO. He's producing The Twilight Zone for CBS. And he has a new fucking movie coming out next year, in exactly a year, called Us, nice. which we announced last week. I, I saw a show of that last OG. It's, it's very funny. I haven't watched it yet. I'm really excited. It's it, got really renewed, funny. it got renewed right away, so I'm yeah, excited it's good. to watch it. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Guillermo del Toro is uh, teaming up with Netflix to create something called 10 After Midnight. Or it's actually, Guillermo del Toro presents 10 After Midnight, uh, Netflix's first original horror anthology series. Hmm. Uh, It's described as a collection of uh, Guillermo del Toro's personally curated stories described as both equally sophisticated and horrific. Oh, fuck off. They're just using the language that they want because Shape of Water won fucking Oscars, which is so crazy still. Um, But, you know, (laughs) I totally agree. I totally agree. It's fucking nuts. Uh, I love Blade 2 a lot. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Devil's Backbone is great. Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2 fucking rules. I I don't even remember if I liked the first Hellboy that much, but I'm a fan uh, mm-hmm. Shape of Water was fine. Uh, if this is truly just a horror anthology with him at the helm, I think it will be very cool. And especially if, if they give it the budget, I'm sure they will. Yeah. So, what else we got? What else we got? Oh, Neil Blomkamp news. Um, <laughs> last we heard. Chappy 2, here we go, baby. <laughs> last we heard, he was crowdfunding a movie that didn't work, so we pulled the plug on the crowdfunding. Oh, poor uh, guy. So embarrassing. It is sad. And now, deadline reporting. Uh, he's directing a natural disaster thriller titled Greenland, and it's the story of a family's fight for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. Is he going to become the new like uh, Roland Emmerich and just make know, these big-budget pieces of garbage? It stars Chris Evans in one of his first roles post you know, being Captain America because he claims he's done. Um, and uh, I think his career is about to take a real nosedive <laughs> if he starts Oops. doing shit like this. Chris Evans. Uh, Dude, I got me, but at the same time, it's like it he's got so much point, like he gives yeah. a fuck. It doesn't matter. It's just like, this This sounds like a bomb to me. Just, yeah. just based on a logline alone and the fact that like, Neil Blomkamp is doing this instead of some like, you know, original idea. I'm sure this is some studio written shit that he just was like, please let me do it. I need to do something.
0: Hey, real quick, let me, let me just throw this out to you. Maybe like the, the uh, our uh, fans on Twitter could hit us up. Like, name any good, the like natural disaster movie like the world's kind not I mean like there's some fun ones, but there are like good ones there's where it's like, good,
1: there's there's like there's like passable I'll go see it in a theater ones that like I wasn't mad about. Uh, I mean, all I can like think
0: about is Armageddon was incredibly entertaining, although like D.U.M. dumb. I mean, it's so fucking dumb. D.U.M. Uh, dumb. yes. Like 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 twenty like twenty twelve was bad. The day. Twenty twelve was bad. Is
1: horrible. I like the day after tomorrow in two thousand two or three, but like I was a child, so I don't. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm hasn't hasn't like a, a deep impact was bad. They uh, just don't work. I don't know what it is. San about Andreas these was don't,
1: okay. Uh, is that the world's ending or was that just like, that was uh, like a, was like a y- earthquake y- fucked shit up really badly. And like really badly.
0: It's just the movie you're talking about is Greenland, right? I'm looking at it. Greenland. Is this, is it? Yeah. And it's the world's ending or there's disaster in Greenland.
1: It just said very vaguely. Um, what did I, what did I just say? It just says a natural cataclysmic event, natural disaster. All right.
0: I, could, I mean, okay, fine. We'll, well, I mean, even better name a good natural disaster movie. There was like two volcano movies that were terrible. Right. There,
1: there's uh, the one, the sad one with Naomi Watts. The guy ended up directing this new Jurassic World movie. Uh, it's called The Impossible. Yeah, they're not good. I don't know.
0: It's a genre I guess, that
1: I could do without.
0: Yeah, I guess, I, I'm just thinking I'm telling my head on why they're all bad. I'm assuming because I can't get into those movies because CGI it's CGI like, heavy.
1: That's like the whole yeah. point.
0: But more specifically, like for me to enjoy a movie, I need to watch it and think like, oh, these characters are making good decisions. But like, I don't know what I don't know. I've never, I've never been or seen a cataclysmic event, so I don't know what's going to happen. So people are like out running lava and like jumping out of exploding buildings because like a tornado shark full of sharks is mowing it down. I'm just like, hey, your guess is as good as mine on how this is supposed to go. So I don't know, (laughs) right? I don't. So okay. Yeah. And I probably I will almost definitely not see Greenland. <laughs> uh, there
1: is one upcoming block. It's not a natural disaster movie, but it's like just kind of a big dumb action movie that I think looks really fun. It's the it? the skyscraper movie with with What's the that? rock. It's just it's just it's kind of like basically it's uh, the premises. It's this building. It's like its own. It's like its own uh, world almost. Like this huge sure. biggest skyscraper in the world. You could never leave, and you could have a fulfilled life. Like it has everything you need in there. And then like. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is hired to be like security for it, and then like uh, th- basically it basically gets robbed, and like his family is trapped in their unit, and he it's just like this big dumb action movie where it's kind of like Die Hard esque, just him in this building trying to like outsmart a bunch of villains. It or looks like really Dread or, uh, yeah. or uh, the Raid. Yeah, sure. It looks it looks fun, but it does look dread? very dumb. I like those dumb big. I saw Rampage and had fun with it, even though it's was really it good. Dumb. No, it's fun? not good at all. But but <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Like it, I, was, I don't know if I didn't if I didn't have a movie pass I wouldn't have seen that one. I'll say that. Um, uh, Mickey Keating, uh, guest hey. past guest and future guest maybe. Uh, he has a What's new up? movie and it's called hey. Crooks and it stars Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones and The Purge and Juno oh. Temple from Everything. She's in everything. Uh, actually I was at the gym just before I got here and, uh, cool. Cool, yeah, dude. humble brag and, uh, Maleficent was on the TV, which is a live action Disney movie starring Angelina Jolie as the villain from, what is it? Snow White or something. And Juno Temple played the fairy and was like, it was a CGI fairy with Juno Temple's face. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, this movie, here's the premise takes place in 1968 Las Vegas. There we go. A period piece. Yeah, from Mickey Keating. Uh, where a pair of crooks named Johnny and Faye rob the Moonlight Temple or Moonlight Castle. Jesus Is it a horror movie? Moonlight Casino. I'm. Um, sc- excuse me. We'll see. I think it's a tale of murder and madness. Uh, mm. The getaway is clean and the job is success, but Faye double-crosses Johnny and speeds off with the loot to California. Too bad for her that the oldest and deadliest assassin in town is on her trail. And worse yet, the friendly oh. wages at the truck stop is just as lethal as the paid killer, and probably crazier. Uh, yeah. it sounds nuts. His movies uh, vary for me. They all look really great, and uh, I think he's just—I think—I mean—he's so young. He's younger than both of us. He's—he's <laughs> he's getting. I, I'm excited to see where he ends up. So far, his movies are like getting better for me. I I, yeah. still, haven't, I still haven't seen Psychopaths, which I don't think is. Yeah. I haven't yet. seen it either.
0: Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, I'll see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a young, talented filmmaker who I think is waiting to have, like, a breakout hit. We'll see.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'll say, I will say this. You know, uh, of all the movies I've seen of his, Carnage Park, Pod, uh, Ritual, and Darling, I think he could benefit from a writing partner. I was going to say, I
1: think he's a great director. I think he needs a
0: writer. Or like, he's got great taste. He's got. He's really good at casting. I just feel that all of his movies we've seen, like, there's been good parts in it, and there's been, like, they, none good of them, references none of or nods and stuff. Yeah. None of them yeah, sustain of them.
1: ninety minutes.
0: That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think he would have benefited from, uh, you know, uh, some writing help. For sure. But yeah, I'll definitely. I want to see psychopaths, and I'll definitely see uh, this new one, Crooks, Mickey Heating. Uh,
1: this sounds actually kind of interesting. Um, there's a show coming from Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth is a Web, animation uh, house. Yeah. yeah, they do like uh, the the biggest thing they did is Red versus Blue, which is the Halo. They basically just like overdubbed Halo and became like a sensation online. They are doing a animated dark comedy series called Spike Face from the creators of Always Sunny. So Rob McElheny, Charlie Day, and Glenn Howerton. And it's Hmm. it's, the series follows, quote, one of the world's great horror icons who slaughters a couple at a roadside motel before he discovers they have a baby girl and decides to raise the orphan as his own. That pisses off his roommates, who are also iconic horror villains. So it sounds like, you know, it's like a a Leatherface and like Freddy and Jason and, and like Pinhead living together, taking care of a baby. Which yeah. sounds like a, it's a fun, dumb premise that they got eight episodes, so we'll see what happens with that. Where's that going? It's going to Rooster Teeth's own subscription streaming service, which costs $5 a month. Oh. So we'll see. I bet and they'll put the pilot out use. for free, so we'll see. Um, yeah. This one is not really news, I'll skip that. Uh, Stephen King released a brand new short story for free. It's called Lori, and you can get it right now. It's 32 pages. Here's what he cool. had to say. Kindle. Kindle. Uh, Kindle, yeah, Kindle, and his website. Uh, nice. Think of it as an appetizer to the main course, the Outsider, which comes out this week, I believe. Uh, the story is free, read, print, share, whatever. Enjoy. So, news is that there's a free short story and a story that's long
0: that you can buy
1: coming out on Tuesday.
0: Hey, that's great because I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day, and it's like, you know, there's not a lot of Stephen King out there to read. <laughs> What's that guy been doing lately? He's really <laughs> slacking off.
1: Yeah, Jesus. Um, Christ.
0: Hey, he's really, uh, uh, tapered off from his usual five novels a year schedule. Like what's taking so long, dude? Um,
1: I don't know if anyone is a fan of Gotham here, any listeners, but Gotham is the most ridiculous TV show because it's set in the Batman universe, but Batman's not in it. And it's just mm-hmm. about, uh, like other, other villains from Batman. But my favorite part of it is they're currently doing a Joker subplot and they can't call him the Joker. They call what him are they a, they call? The, the clown prince or something like they can't <laughs> call him a joker for legal reasons. Ooh. Anyway, the guy who does Gotham just sold another fucking Batman spinoff without Batman. It's about Alfred Pennyworth. The butler. <laughs> the butler Finally. is getting a show. It's called Get Pennyworth. Story. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to epics, which has nothing of note. Um, it's a ten they episode. They got
0: Mister Mercedes. That's what they got. No, they don't. Even they don't have that. I know. Uh, Epics is a channel that came when I got my Roku. It was like a pre, like, oh yeah, we got Epics over here. I went to a couple of times. I'm like, what is this fucking bullshit? I'm
1: pretty sure they had a show with Nick Nolte as like the president, and like I think that was it. And I'm pretty, pretty oh, sure it's Oh yeah. Uh, Pennyworth, a ten episode straight to series order, will be an origin story about Batman's best friend and butler. I just like, who is this for? Like, who's a comic book fan? Five in like, one person. Yeah, who's like, I love comic books, but I hate the superhero part. Like, just give me the, the oh minutia. You
0: know what Epix has? They have the Get Shorty TV show. I've heard that's actually good. Yeah, I saw the, I saw one or two episodes, and it was not bad, but then I completely forgot to watch it. So Yeah, that happens to me with most things oh, at man. this point.
1: All right, moving on. We have more bits. Uh, the Deadpool writers also revealed that they're writing a uh, remake of Clue. Uh, that might may or may not happen, and they want Ryan Reynolds to star in it. Uh, and they say it will have elements of the original movie, but it's important that we don't try and rehash it. Don't be surprised if it's R-rated. Um,
0: uh, whatever.
1: I don't know. I don't have much to say about Clue, the movie. I've, I've seen it on even, Comedy Central yeah. a bunch.
0: Yeah, Clue's entertaining, and
1: I don't even care for the game that much, so whatever. Yeah. Fuck that game. I like the game actually. I have Simpsons Clue, which I think is a lot of fun. Uh, And I'll just side note that Deadpool Two opened to three hundred and one million worldwide this weekend. That record? Uh, yeah. It's a record for an R rated. It's a if you count it as a comedy sequel, it's like a super record breaking. But even as a superhero, it basically broke the single day R rated. And I'm not quite sure about uh, how this num- – the number for domestic, which was 125, was like 10 million less than the first one overall for the weekend, uh, which is, like, incredible for a sequel. So we're going to get another one of those announced very quickly, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. I have no interest as of now. I wouldn't, I need to rewatch the first one and make yeah. sure I don't hate as much as I think I do before I see this one. But I, a lot of people say it's better. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the witch director's new movie called The Lighthouse – it's yes. shot in black and white. It's set in 1890 and they're shooting on actual black and white film stock, 35 millimeter. Uh, the film is about an aging lighthouse keeper named old <laughs> and it takes place in Nova Scotia in the early 20th century. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. Elizabeth shoe is starring in an Amazon straight to series show called the boys from the creator of supernatural. Um, And uh, the Preacher's Evan Goldberg and uh, Seth Rogen are also involved. Uh, They're directing the pilot. The Boys, it's based on the comic book by Garth Ennis, who wrote Preacher. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Boys is set in a world where superheroes embrace the darker side of their massive celebrity and fame. It revolves around a group of vigilantes known informally as The Boys, who set out to take down corrupt superheroes with no more than blue-collar grit and a willingness to fight dirty. Could be Mm. cool, could be lame uh let's move on to what did you watch you you uh ready
0: well we didn't do any of the the, the, the quick uh, sexual harassment oh yeah here's a season. me too update let's do it <laughs> A me too update
1: that's too uh upbeat a song for what we're talking about uh, me too
0: update
1: uh, uh uh nev shulman the the creator of uh Catfish, which has become a TV show, which was at first a documentary that's probably fake. Um, it's, oh, it's totally fake. Yeah.
0: They came out. They said it's a great bullshit. movie, though. I really liked it. it no, a time. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> Stupid movie. It was obviously fake the second I saw it. I think Mo and I, one of the first fights we had, was uh, we saw it on one of our not like a first date. We dated for a little bit, and we saw it. And the second it was over, like I turned to her, and I'm like, "Well, that was clearly bullshit." And she was just like, "Are you kidding me? I love that." And I was like, "You got to be kidding me. You thought that was real?" And she's like, "Why are you like this?" but i was Uh, right later they came on they said yeah the whole thing's fabricated of course it is who would think that fucking movie's real uh a lot of americans who watch the show now
1: which is now suspended until further notice because nev shulman who famously after who whoever beat up a woman in an elevator he posted a selfie the next day of like himself with his hand over his heart like pledging to that, like this elevator is abuse free, and that like just like championing championing women, which like you don't do that if you're normal. So it was pretty yeah. clear that he was gonna. This was gonna come out eventually. He apparently is abusive, yeah. and it's obvious he's abusive. It like it's
0: like it's the way he carries himself.
1: Just yeah, tell that, that guy, guy. Like
0: this, just if anyone works for him, he yells. I'm sure he just yells at them all the time. Like, I mean, he looks like a fucking creep. and yeah. I, when I, I was like, no surprise at all. And then my boy Boyd Tinsley from the Dave Matthews <laughs>
1: Band. Um, yeah, that story is very bizarre. Did you read it? Yeah, real quick though. Was, has he always been out of the closet? I don't know. I didn't know that until reading it. So I'm not uh. sure if that was him being outed or what. But basically, it's like he preyed on like a young guy. But it's one of these stories that I'm like, the, the guy shared text messages with the the reporter, and like they showed them, and like he was playing along with it. So like it's like I don't understand what you're. Cause he was like basically like telling them to send him nudes and stuff. He's like, I'll send you more pics later and stuff. It's like, it seems like mm-hmm. you were like, th- it seemed consensual, you know, I don't know. It's hard to find the line in these stories, but basically he accused him of basically it just read as sad. It was like Boyd Tinsley, this, you know, multi-millionaire cause he's in Dave Matthews band, like was just trying to hang out with this young musician and like, uh, uh, and he was creepy about it. They kept it. He kept hinting that he wanted to fuck this guy. And he kept saying like, not interested. Um, yeah, and then it got to the point where, you know, he mentioned that he wanted to watch he was watching the Patriots game, so we ended up buying him and his friends a bunch of tickets to the Patriots game. He's kept, like, hanging out with this guy. and It was a year, multi-year thing, and, like, they ended up in a band together. And, like, the whole time he just is a... Yeah, him. I
0: took I took it as, like, Boyd Tinsley put together a band, like a side project for fun, including yeah. this guy. Yeah. And, you know, musician who doesn't have, you know, two pennies to rub together... Turns out a guy in one of the biggest bands in the country is starting a band and wants a minute. So, of course, he's like, fuck, yeah, I want to be in this guy's band. And yeah. I just send him some fucking, like, send me some nudes. And I'm jerking off to him right now. It's like, whoa, this is creepy. But also, I don't want to go work at Taco Bell.
1: Yeah. So, it's, a, it's I mean. A, it's a it's a tough one. They kicked him out of the band. He already was. He left the band before this to, like, focus on, you know, himself. And I think, I think he probably knew this was coming or something. Yeah. Uh, and,
0: yeah, the band threw him out. So, Funny story about that, though. So, of course, whenever whenever I find out, like especially like a musician is a creep and gets kicked out of something, I go to the band's Instagram page because I want to see if people are like arguing about it in the comments, you know? Sure. And they're not. But the most recent Dave Matthews Band uh, Instagram post, at least the one from like two days ago when we were talking about this or, or, or uh, texting about it, was like uh, an announcement that uh, their new album that's coming out is going to be exclusively at Target, which, whatever, <laughs> I mean, whatever, I'm sure it'll also be on iTunes or whatever. All these people in the comments are like, Fuck you, Dave Matthews Band. you guys are a bunch of sellouts. I've been mean, with you since the beginning, you sellouts. I gotta go target your album. I'm really thinking like who the fuck in two thousand eighteen is buying like, an album. But who also like that's that that's selling out to you guys? Like that guy, wh- whoever has been like, ah, Dave Matthews band, a band of integrity. like, <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. like any other, they're like any other idiot band where they're like, I've never once thought those guys even thought twice about being like, well, we got inte- Like what are the, <sighs> so fucking people are idiots.
1: Yeah. That's a good ending spot for that. Did you have uh, any blatant. other me too people? Is that it? Yeah. There was the
0: guy, the guy, Luke, uh, your boy from uh, fifth element.
1: Oh yeah. Luke Bassan. Yeah. A woman accused him of rape like this week. Like, like, yeah, it was that, really that weird. just occurred. And like, she said she was drugged, and that uh, basically that she woke up afterwards, and like he was gone. And he left her a pile of cash,
0: which is very strange.
1: Yeah, it's weird. So he, as imply he
0: had the cash on him, like, yeah. all right, once I'm done raping this girl, I'll leave her. You know, it's like that scene in Revenge. 1500 dollars. I did not see
1: it. Because uh, there's a scene in Revenge where basically when she wakes up from her rape, he's just kind of give her a bunch of money and be like, sorry, like, sorry that happened. Get this. Get out of here. Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, it's fucked up. Men it's are bad. awful. Men are bad. That's bad. Uh, let's um, do it. You ready? Yeah. Three, okay. One,
0: two, two. go ahead. Honey, hey, hey. Oh. Hey, hey. All right. I've been gone for a while. Let me give you some quick hits real quick. Let me pull up my list here. Good. So much stuff that I've seen. I finally saw Black Panther. Okay. Dude, it's great.
1: Yeah, isn't it great?
0: Yeah, I, I was very impressed. I mean, I saw it on a plane, as I, as I only see superhero movies now when I'm flying somewhere. That's the way to do Maybe it. Locked in or locked in a long. Yeah, <laughs> just like with the thing right in front of my face, and I am always like, kind of half paying attention anyway. But I even even for the hype, I was uh, very impressed with how good it is. It's like a uh, movie. It's not just a Marvel yeah. product. It's a movie. That's true. And uh, Michael B. Jordan fucking kills him in that. Oh, he's, he's so, so good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, oh, I finally saw Happy Death Day. Which, I'm to be honest with you. I kind of liked. I I was with it, and I, I really
1: hated the, the, the reveal. Like, I thought it was really stupid, even though I don't know what I was expecting. But yeah. uh, compare it to, like, uh, Truth or Dare, Happy Death Day is fucking a masterpiece.
0: Like, it's way... I'm looking, it's I'm, watchable. I'm going to put on my Roger Ebert hat and say, this movie did what, what it, was it was supposed, supposed to, to do. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to entertain teenagers. It was a perfect, like, yes. scary movie to see on a yes. date the two violent It was a protest. good pg
1: 13 horror movie which yeah. Truth or Dare tries to be and is just wholeheartedly yeah. awful fun,
0: fun story yeah the, the dialogue with the kids is a little like tired like oh god you know the sequel you is know,
1: happening d- and she's back i've
0: read is. that okay. um it ends a couple times kind of gets a little like at the end like guys okay, kind of real lord, lord of the rings style yeah he has a oh yeah yeah it's just like lord of the rings <laughs> Um, Yeah, I kind of felt like towards the end of me kind of doing the, the hand thing, like come on, wrap it up, wrap it up. But overall, like I enjoyed most of it, and you know that's all you can hope for with a movie like that. So good on Happy Death Day. I think I think I'll, I think I'll check out too. Um, I binge watched Evil Genius. Me too. Great. T- I, don't, I don't remember if I talked about it last week, but well, let's talk about it now. Yeah, what
1: I'll say about Evil Genius is I watched it all in one sitting. Um, mm-hmm. It's like four hours, a little less maybe. Uh, yeah. my thing about that is the story was compelling enough and mm-hmm. I was interested enough to watch the whole thing, but it was a very lazily made documentary. I thought like it was more like okay. an episode of forensic files than like a real doc. Yeah, Um, yeah, it felt, it felt like they didn't have
0: as much to work with as say wild country. Oh,
1: for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't recommend it. I do. I think you should watch yeah, it. I just told my parents to watch it today. It's so bizarre. It's just a I'm, crazy story.
0: I remember hearing about that and being like, because also at some time around this, at the same time or shortly thereafter, came out that movie uh, thirty minutes or less. Yeah, where well,
1: they strapped a bomb to the Jesse Eisenberg, who was a pizza. That's a comedy. Yeah,
0: and they a like, ride
1: and whoever yeah, else. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know why that is in the in the timeline of this thing, but it, it really got uh, just like buried because everyone's like, it's some pretty poor taste. Yeah, that but, was like um,
1: five years later or something. Not even.
0: I feel that the uh, this the this story definitely has like enough twists and turns to be like. Whoa! Oh, it's, it's compelling also, for sure. Very compelling, and it's also interesting, like how people can convince people of horrible things. That seems like a very vague thing to say, because I want to give too much away. But the uh, people who end up being accused of it—I'm not going to say who did it or who did what or if they did it at all—sure are, are like both incredibly powerful personality people. Granted, I would I would put them in the white trash category or the uh, you know it's Erie, Pennsylvania, so like or the um, you know. I don't know, the hick yeah, category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just being like, but you see how these people, because they both clearly are mentally ill. I mean, one, the main girl is untreated bipolar. I mean, she's fucking, she's fucking legitimately nuts, you know. And and, and the other dude, I forget his name, the dude with the glasses, who, yeah. who was like the hoarder. Of the he, uh, you know, these these people just, you're like, wow, like with confidence and conviction, you can really get people around you to help you do pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, it's like that movie Compliance. It reminded me a little. It's bit. a that's an excellent, excellent uh, 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 reference. Like I, I was thinking that movie a lot during this and being like, yeah, like you just you just see all these stories, of like people like who helped, who potentially helped with the crimes or were someone involved, and it's just like all boils down to everyone being like, oh, we just did what they said because they're the boss. And, you, and looking from a distance, you're like, those people are fucking crazy. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to these people for two seconds. But of course, like they're maniacs. They've always been maniacs, and. You know, eventually people gravitate towards them because they have their own fucked up shit, and they get taken advantage of, or they get manipulated. So, yeah, it, it was it was definitely like a uh, it was like, like cheaper, a cheaper, yeah. cheaper done
1: doc, which is fine. Like it, it did yeah. what it had to do. I don't know what else you could have really done with that, but uh, that's true. I like
0: I, I it could have been trimmed down a little bit, but yeah, sure it could have just,
1: been an episode shorter. I think like a full episode yeah, shorter.
0: That's true, but man, I, I didn't realize like like how like they put that shirt on him that said like Guess what I have under here? Oh, and, I know. It's all, all these, like, all these notes and stuff on on the bomb that was strapped to his chest, the, like, and all these like uh, overly wordy, like yeah. everything yeah.
1: just so much Pretty much,
0: much just, just like the, the, the buy time, or like confused, and they and, and the bomb itself had like wires to nowhere, a fake cell phone in it, you know, things that look like dynamite that weren't, or whatever. And they're right. just the whole thing. And again, that weird cane gun, which I'm not quite sure why they did that oh, for that, that. or it's not. all so bizarre. It's a crazy
1: story. I really, I it really did like. Sad. I really did like it.
0: Yeah, highly recommended. Um, oh my god, dude. Have you watched The Terror? Not yet, man. It fucking rules. I have not watched all of I don't know if it's bingeable. I watched some of it. It's the on the website, think, all of it
1: like, is, yeah.
0: Oh, it's fucking, it's really good. There's like dude. 10 of them or something. Yeah, I believe it's a 10-episode series. It's really slow, but just a creeping dread. Like, the, the idea, it's it's semi-true story about the first uh, British ships to try and take, I think it's called the Arctic Passage, which would be... Yeah go through the Arctic Ocean pretty much over Canada to go around to Asia or whatever. And their boats get stuck. That is true. And they're never heard from again, which is true. And this story that's based on a book, the theory that something out there, uh, killed them, kind of in the same way of like, um, you know, like almost like a lovecraft, crafting kind of idea i've not gotten that point i've only gotten three episodes there, but that's cool at,
1: yeah uh, it, uh scout talked about it a lot last week he really liked it, it
0: yeah, The acting is so good the story the pace i mean from like from minute one you're like oh fuck like because it's just you know a bunch of naval british dignitaries or whatever these men who are just like the whole lives are you know, you think they have like flashbacks of them going places, and everyone's just being like, Oh, it's Admiral so and so, like, you know, they're always wearing the medals and just they're, like they're, like back at a time, I think it's like the turn of the century, where like to be a military person or a navy officer is like to be royalty. And these men, of course, in their hubris are just like, Of course we will go, and of course it'll be easy, and of course we can like use dynamite to blow our way through the ice and blah blah blah. And shortly after they go there, it's like very clear that they were completely wrong and in over their head. Nice. But you know, no one really admit it. So it's a lot of like trying to rally their men together to kind of like, you know, survive this winter and, and 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 whatever. And, you know, as food's running out and people are getting a little scared and stir crazy. and Yeah, I so, thought the
1: book is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'll read the book. Yeah. Uh, I love it though. Highly recommend it. Um, oh, and here we go, baby. Yeah. It is time for the first ever What Did You Watch? Surprise. It's got a theme song. What did you watch? Surprise. Wow. That's the what surprise theme A variation on a theme. I like it. So I've probably known Brett for about two and a half years at this point now, right, Sam? And you've you've been been pushing this movie pretty hard. And as I was like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll see it. Uh, So I finally plunked down $3 on Google Play and watched Predestination. Oh, dude. Did you love it? (laughs) Uh, It's not bad. It's not bad. That's not strong enough. I, well, I didn't know what I was getting into, and to be honest, looking at – so here, here's why I say it's not bad. I understand why I've never heard of this movie, and I understand why this movie is probably borderline impossible to market or advertise. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's nuts. From a distance, It's kind of like – and even the trailer is kind of presented like, like a time cop movie. Like, right. this guy goes in time to stop a guy this bomber or whatever whose guy time travels well and yada 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 uh, that's sort of what it's about but not really so overall I did enjoy the movie but like afterwards I thought about it I'm like man like it's not stupid it's just like it's like it's up there with like dead again or that Tom Berenger movie shattered or even dare I say I was what was the movies I think of the other day that I thought it was kind of like a movie where it's like once the twist is revealed, you're just kind of like, ah, and that's like, well, I, you know, I don't see the <laughs> the reason to finish this movie or uh, oh, watch really? it. Rig- I thought
1: it was such an, an elegantly told story, like the way I like apparently everyone just yes. like, always called like the book or whatever it's based on, like unfilmable. And I think they did an incredible job of making like this story work on screen. Yes,
0: I think. Yes. Do we want to get a spoiler territory? I feel like the people I haven't seen at this point cuz Cause, cause what i feel like if i what if i were to tell people what it's about they go that's impossible and that must be like the stupidest thing but it will give a credit how they kind of made the movie and shot it and laid it out it's like yeah i can kind of see that you know um, but yeah i uh, i'll I'll, I'll, get, I'll get i'll get i won't give any spoilers to it, but i'll kind of like uh, give a, I guess a little away so um, ethan hawk is uh, you know it seems like he's working at a bar and this and this guy comes in telling the story about how um how his life is ruined and, and, and tells an incredible story about he was actually a she an orphan and uh, she, when she was in college she met a guy and uh she was impregnated by him and he disappeared and she has the baby and the the delivery is very complicated and while she's out the doctors did everything they could to save her life including having to um sew up all of her female organs and it turns out that she had a dormant pair of uh male genitals and they were like hey you know you can't be a woman anymore because this pregnancy pretty much destroyed your woman area but you can actually be a man and she decides to go through it. and also at this time like her baby gets kidnapped so she's just like oh my god this guy that I ran into he ruined my life he got me pregnant that sidelined my education and I and I had again this pregnancy all right give, give birth which now I have to be a man and now my baby's gone and 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 even Hawk's like hey I got this time travel thing. Check this out. We can go back in time and I can get, and I can, and I can basically have you find this guy and confront him before any of this shit happened. And she's like, or he's like, let's do it. And then you find out, you know, Ethan Hawke has his own motive motives. He's, he's, uh, I, I forgot they're recall, but he, his thing is like, um, he's has the ability to time travel. He's trying to find this, this terrorist bomber who also is a time the traveler. The fizzle
1: bomber or something stupid. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. And it goes from there and, and, for a time travel movie where the characters are jumping back and forth and kind of bumping into each other and it gets in that sort of thing of like you do a thing and you go in the past and it affects another thing and It's then you so hard changing. to like, make
1: a good time travel movie. That's why I yes, think it's yes. good.
0: Yeah. And it's pretty tight and, and the idea of like if you look at what predestination means it basically talks about how it's this movie is an exploration of the paradox of if you go back in time and say uh, give yourself like a stock tip and you end up making money and then you go to the future and like now you need to make sure that you go back in time and do that like kind of like the closed loop of time travel in order Correct. to kind of change anything in the, in the past you need to kind of have a system in place to make sure that constantly happens yada yada, yada. that predestination is like what you call an event like that a, a theory of that that somehow can like take care of itself so it doesn't like you know i don't know cause time to fold in on itself or whatever and this movie kind of explores that so for that i thought it was very clever and you're right like uh when one of the one of the major reveals happened about like who someone actually is i was just like oh yeah i guess and then there's even more of that and i was like yeah okay fine like clever for how Um, it was. i'm
1: pretty sure the first time i saw it i really didn't even think anything of it and then it for some reason the second time i sat down and watched it i was like oh my god this movie is amazing
0: so uh maybe give it time okay i will Uh... i I did enjoy it i didn't think it was like amazing it's the the sprig brothers right uh, the Spirit, Spirit Brothers. Brothers,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And what have they done
0: recently? They just did Jigsaw. That's right, but but they've just been given like, a,
1: yeah, a, uh, they um, God, what was it? We just talked about this recently. They're making. Oh, uh, they just did Winchester, which we ta- I did uh, the last Scout episode previously. Was that? Mm-hmm. Which was which was not great either. It was okay. Scout liked it more than I. More than I did. Uh, but they also yeah. did. You you just watched Daybreakers, and you like that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Daybreakers is
1: good. Yeah. The these guys have some uh, some good stuff ahead of them, I think. I think uh Predestination is their best work though. Really? I think so. I like Daybreakers too, but I like that more.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh I would I would suggest people to check out Predestination just for the fact that like what cool it, what it, Yeah, it is cool and how they kinda like wrap up all the time travel into the story. It's pretty effective. But I mean, you know There's just parts where you're like uh, it's of like a gap in logic. You're just kind of like, uh, yeah, all right. I guess this kind of could happen in the it, reality. It ex- movie, especially but. impresses me because you know the budget
1: had to be like shit. And like they they make it work. It doesn't look cheap to me.
0: I'll put it this way. The, the, the thing you got to spend the, – the, the, the suspension of disbelief that anyone watching this movie has to. I'm not going to ruin anything. Let's just say certain characters, when they travel through time, they find out – you find out that – a character actually ran into another character years before and they had like a meaningful interaction and you kind of watch that being like, wait, why don't they recognize each other? And they kind of do a little bit of that, but it's also like, Hmm, like, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you need to make recognizable actors and actresses cause you're watching the thing, but it, it's just a little thin to be like, wait, if this is the person who's responsible for this thing from like 10 years ago, wouldn't this person automatically have recognized them? And they kind of do a thing of like, you know. Well, no, because if this happened and that happened, you it's kind of, yeah, I guess. That's why I understand, like, as a book, it would have been, like, who who knows what yeah, they saw or sure. how they interacted, you know, it's possible. When you see these people actually talk or actually interact with each other, actually meet each other at certain parts in time, you think, like, really, then they didn't remember this? Like, as, as recent as 10 years or 15 years later? seems kind of, kind of, eh.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sarah Snook, the lead performer, is so good in it, though. It's, like, a great performance in, like, a... Yeah. No matter what you think of the movie. Uh,
0: was that all you saw? Yeah, and I, I figured out the movie that I also think it reminded me of. What was that movie where they, where Michelle Rodriguez gets a sex change against oh, her will?
1: Fuck off. Uh, uh, the
0: assignment. <laughs> no, it, it didn't remind me of that movie like in the same quality, but in the sense of like, it is for me. It's still hard to watch. In the case of and, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, had a beard in both. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, like uh, this like an actress acting like a man. You know, sure. before, before, because like I said, like it's not giving anything away to say like a character ends up having a sex change. We right. see like she come, she, she comes in as a guy and starts like, "Hey, could I get a beer? Let me tell you about my life." And I'm like, <laughs> "Why? Why is this woman come pretending to be a guy? Is this something that?" I've, I am thinking like, "Is this a guy?" Why did they get this actor that's incredibly feminine looking? But then I was like, "Oh, all right." Yeah, so, no, yeah, it's whatever.
1: clever. I think it really, it really did take me the second time to give a fuck about. You
0: know that. what? That's exactly what it is. It's an incredibly clever movie.
1: Yeah, hell yeah! I'm glad you came right. around. We talked. We so talked. What did this you room. watch? I watched some stuff, man. I went and saw some theatrical releases. I saw uh, the Gabrielle Union uh, home invasion thriller called Breaking In. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's not great. It's not even good. Um, I would say, it's totally watchable. In one of those movies, it's literally like you see the, the trailer. You know exactly what the movie's gonna be. It's a mother, and her two kids in like a very high tech house. Uh, they're there because their grandfather died, and that's his house. And they're going to like set to figure out what to do, and of course, th- their father or her, her father had a hidden four million dollars or something in the house. So like, it's a very panic room situation. It's basically, just they, these these robber guys or just take them hostage and she's trapped outside of the house while her kids are inside of the house. So it's just her trying to save her kids and killing these guys along the way. It's totally mm-hmm. watchable, but it's so bizarre to watch uh, because it was clearly shot as an R rated movie that they mm-hmm. cut to a PG 13 at some point uh, mm-hmm. because there are four or five instances of like horribly lazy ADR on, like, uh, F-words, like, people saying fuck, and then it gets cut down <laughs> to being, like, frickin' or freak. And, like, Ugh. it's so distracting to me. It, it, it happened a few times, like... And there's also this there's weird, like, couple, like, homophobic jokes. It's just, like, it was a, just a dumb fucking movie. Uh, but I fully, you know, it's totally... I didn't walk out. It's, like, a totally watchable 90-minute exercise in let's see how gabrielle union kills these motherfuckers but the problem is it did get neutered to pg-13 so that even the kills every time there's a good kill it cuts away so it doesn't really deliver in all the ways i wanted to um, skip it skip it if you've seen uh i really really like the home invasion i guess you'd call it that sort of the movie hostage with bruce willis from 2005 I think that's an oh, underrated that. B movie. Like, it's definitely not a good movie, but it's really entertaining. Uh, ben Foster plays a really crazy villain in it, and Jonathan Tucker's in it. it. I really that movie for some reason has stood with me from from that year, even though it's so hmm. fucking old. Um, what else did I see? I saw, oh my god, best movie of the year. Uh, Paul Schrader, who's most famous for writing, uh taxi driver and raging bull yeah and also oh, yes. directing american gigolo and some other stuff uh-huh. uh he's been doing some weird stuff lately like he did that movie the canyons with Lindsay lohan that was like a shit show uh yeah it had, had, a, had a
0: porn stars in it
1: yeah james dean or whatever uh yeah and uh his last thing was dog eat dog which i saw And like it was, it's like a very like exploitation movie kind of it had nick cage in it and julian defoe it was Watchable, but very weird. Uh, he is fucking back. This movie is just as good as fucking Taxi Driver, in my opinion. It is a movie... Uh, Ethan Hawke, speaking of Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke stars in it in what should be an Oscar-nominated role. I'm not sure it will be because the movie's pretty out there. Um, but it's a movie about a guy. He's basically... What's a, it called? Uh, it's called First Reformed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's only... It's playing in New York and L.A. right now and expands soon. It's basically about a guy. He's a priest at this church... Ah, uh, but the church is like basically, uh, the church he works at is basically like a museum now. It's like you know this was one of the first churches from this era, blah blah. blah. Like he sells like merch at this fucking church. Like it's like he's selling T-shirts and pens and shit. Like there's only ten people who actually go to the church, so like it's this weird rundown thing in the shadow of it's owned by. It's the reason it's still around is because this giant mega church. That's run by, or the pet lead pastor there is Cedric the Entertainer, who for the first time yeah. ever, I think, in a credit goes by his name and not Cedric the Entertainer. He goes by wow. Cedric, whatever his actual last name is. I don't even know it. Um, but yeah, he plays this mega church pastor, and like basically the whole premise of the movie is kind of like like any Paul Schrader movie. You kind of watch a guy like get to his wits end with something, and this was about Catholic, the Catholic Church, and uh, and like. How like, – he's a pastor. Basically, uh, you'd think he'd be, like, this religious guy, but he really – like, when you get down to his history, like, basically he lost his son in the Iraq War, and his son was only in the Iraq War because he pushed him to do it. And then after that happened, his wife left him, so now he's just this guy who's at this church. Uh, and then he meets these this couple who goes to the church. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is a woman. Her name is Mary, and she's pregnant. Um, and mm. her husband is like – Joseph. Uh, no actually but there is a Joseph his son's name was Joseph I think the guy the one who died um, but this guy's named Michael I think actually and Michael was like this environmentalist who like was just in prison because like he goes to all these like you know uh, uh, like protests and like it's just this environmental radical guy uh, he wants her to have an abortion because she's pregnant and Uh, he doesn't want to bring a baby into this world. So there's this amazing conversation that happens early on between Ethan Hawke and this guy, where he basically, he's trying to, you know, instill him with the, the faith he needs to, like, not get an abortion and to, like, live his life and not, like, let the bad stuff get him down. And this movie has, like, the most frank discussion of, like, climate change and, you, and on paper it, it must have sounded so on the script it must look like what a pretentious piece of shit this movie is going to be but for some reason it fucking works and it's one of the most affecting there are multiple scenes in this movie that will stay with me it's so mm. it's so intense and it does get by the end like very visceral and weird and like out there and uh he does spiral out of control basically once that guy enters the, uh, the possibility of like you know how bad you know climate change is and uh basically ethan hawk figures out you know the guy who runs the mega church is like one of the company is like one of the biggest polluters in the world, and like it's just he's like it's kind of the question of like what have we become? Like what would God think of what what the church is now? Like, you know the mega church versus like yeah. this fucking thing where he sells pens and shit. Like it's this really 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 deep movie that also is just like. The third act of this movie, dude, I, I was, like, standing up in the theater. Like, I couldn't sit down. Like, it was so just tense of, like, oh, my God, is this really going to happen? Like, it goes, wow. like, out of control, like, taxi driver-esque style. I'm not, I don't want to ruin anything. First Reformed, very slow burn movie with a hell of a payoff if you're into the thoughtful, meditative art house scene. It is, oh, yeah. it is unbelievable, man. I really – you should see it as soon as it opens. It, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. It is the best movie of the year, and I don't know what could possibly beat it. Um, And then today, actually, I saw two things. I went and saw Tully, which is the new Diablo Cody, Jason Reitman movie.
0: Oh, yeah. How was that?
1: Dude, I was not prepared for how much I fucking love this movie, too. This will also be in my top five of the year. Easy. Because it seems straight away and unassuming from the trailer that it's, like, this movie about, like, how hard motherhood is, but, like, maybe it's all worth it, you know? But that's a fucking bait and switch, man. This is a very emotional, sad movie about, like, a woman having... A kind of emotional and like a breakdown um mm. but it also is very funny and there's uh like i knew, someone told me there was a twist and that i wouldn't see it coming so i was like waiting for it the whole time and i thought it happened and i was like okay that was pretty interesting but then there's another one and it fucking really got me and i couldn't believe it and it takes this movie to this whole other plane of like how brilliant i think it is it's easily the best uh Diablo cody and Wrightman have done three movies together now uh this young adult and juno i think they're yeah. all great I think Young Adult young adult and this are, like, two sides of the same coin. Like, they're both about women played by Charlize Theron in their, like, 40s. One of them – this one's, like, a mother, and the other one's, like, choosing to not be a mother. So it's kind of, like, yeah. two sides of the same character almost. Um, the Like, the writing here, I just – I can't get over how thoughtful and, like, brutally fucking honest this movie is just about, like, relationships and, like, uh, settling down and, like, what it means and, like, how – Uh, if you are, like, what happened to the person you once were if you just, like, you know, change your life and just become, like, a mother of three and that's your only identity. Um, Mm. It is fucking astounding. I thought, I I cried a lot watching this movie. Uh, I was bawling by the end of it. I just couldn't believe what it ended up being. It's not at all what I thought. So I was really, really... Right in the high of that. And then I was actually at the Village East Cinema, which is the only theater right now doing the 50th anniversary of 20, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. They just released a new mm-hmm. cut. It's the 70mm version that is unrestored and undigitally altered and stuff. So it's like the original one. Apparently it's Christopher Nolan's print of the movie. Uh, they just premiered it, I think it can, or somewhere. And then and now it's here. Uh, so I saw that today. And goddamn, man. I had never seen it on 70mm. I'd never seen it in the theater before. And... People always say, you know, about certain movies, like, you got to see it in a theater. I think a lot of the time that's bullshit, but this time it's not bullshit. Like, you have to see this movie on a big screen to really get the effect. Like, that whole, like, you know, third act, like, whatever you want to call the trippiness at the end, like, that in 70 millimeter with the sound, it is just one of the coolest theater experiences you can get. It was awesome. So I had a really good, good movie day.
0: Great, buddy. Good to hear. Yeah. Movies are
1: great. They can be. But let's talk about some that might not be great for the main okay. event here.
0: Ooh, just scorcher transition
1: there, bro. Yeah, I didn't uh, bury the lead at all. Um, so let's talk about Stillborn first. Stillborn okay. is a Shutter exclusive that, for some reason, has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. People, li- <laughs> people liked it. Um, uh-huh. And it's just – my problem with this movie is that it's just the premise we've – I think the actual it's – a, it's a twist on a premise – that I mm-hmm. that is kinda unique. basically it's about a woman who was supposed to have twins. Only mm-hmm. one of them ended up surviving. And then yeah. the rest of the movie is her thinking that like the other baby's like around or something. Like there's like a haunting spiritual,
0: supernatural yeah, element and to it. She finds out there's something in the house that wants to steal her other baby. Yeah. And she's kind of never really got over. You know, I mean there's a couple of times where she checks in with a counselor and it starts with like when she's talking about all the, all the things that are happening to her and what's going on with her, and they're like, oh, it's postpartum depression, which is the thing, obviously. And yeah. so a, a, a mothers go through it. And then later the guy, when things get really intense, he's like, I think it's like a postpartum, um,
1: psychotic break
0: or something yeah yeah you got psychosis or whatever which maybe that is a thing i mean maybe oh for sure there's instances I, of women loo- like literally losing their minds going crazy they after they have a kid and how about it fucks them up. like i get I mean, it so do you know how many women end point up view, like
1: drowning like, their kids and shit like that's what that is like that's
0: yeah so you know. i thought going into it i felt like oh what a great space to explore she has a child i know and and, and right when she has her child it's uh, like it's instantly met with a tragedy, she really doesn't get any time to be a happy mother because it's just like, "Here's your baby, and the other one's dead. Yeah, and, you know, and then they're in the house and they're trying, and like the husband's not around, and probably not the best husband, just in the sense of like, you know, Hey, you're crazy. Why are you so crazy? Well, yeah, I'm gonna, go I'm to gonna skip town. Are you gonna be okay? <laughs> so, she, yeah, so she's alone by herself with just the one baby, and then a second crib that's empty, and she's hearing things. So off the bed, I'm like, oh man, like this is gonna be great, like an exploration of a I woman like descending into like the madness of, uh, or, the, or, or the the difficulty of postpartum depression. But yeah, it just it just was uh, I missed it, man. I mean, there's a lot of uh. You know, there's like kind of like the house is haunted, I guess. And then it there's a the whole thing to do way too much. Right. Because she meets the, the she makes a friend almost instantly as she's walking her child. It's another woman who just had a baby who's all like, hey, what's going on? We should be friends. Like, let's just hang out. You know, kind of like, like, like a real cool mom who kind of seemingly has a gather. And she notices that her baby and both babies have kind of like the same weird mark on their leg. And and at that point, I'm like, oh my god, is this gonna be like one of those like, is my baby still alive and you have her sort of thing? Oh my god, uh, that that's look a look like, better movie. Or then then she kind of starts seeing, um, you know, this this monster, this witch, or this thing with this possession that's trying to take the baby. And I'm like, Oh, that's an that's a way to go with it. I and mean, I think I feel like we've seen the the house, the haunted house, wants the children. Not to mention the fact like they've lived in the house for a while and what whatever. Yeah. Um, Mo and I watched it and we were talking about it as we we're watching it and where this movie kind of falls apart is it very early on establishes something that I hate when they do this, where <clears throat> the lead that we're following, the lead mother, um, she is like attacked by the ghost or, or the monster in the house. Right. And they have cameras everywhere because they put up all these cameras, so she's really nervous or whatever. And then when they go and look back at the footage and they're watching it, it's like clearly nothing happened. And you just see, like, the mom kind of, like, wandering around. And she's the one who broke the thing and knocked over the thing and did this and that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hate that, too. So here's why I hate that. First of all, it's lazy. And second of all, from that point forward, because you're telling the story through the point of view of this main character, you've made her flawed or her her point of view flawed. So there you go. So now for the rest of the movie, anytime something happens, I'm just like, well, this woman is, quote, crazy. And I don't know what's Mm -hmm. really happening. It's just scene after scene of, like... Something traumatic happens. She runs around screaming, help me, help my baby, do this, do that. It becomes a repetitive exercise of, is she or isn't she crazy? That's what the movie is.
1: And that's such a waste of such a good
0: setup. I totally agree. And what the problem is, like, I'm trying to think of another movie where, you know, you follows someone where you're like, are they, aren't they crazy? I'm reminded of that movie. I mean,
1: Insane is one recently. Oh,
0: sure. Which I was not a big fan of. A movie that I am a fan of would be a movie like, um, um, I think it's called... uh, don't tell anyone or no one, no one, uh, but the one with keep uh, Donald Sutherland in, in Venice, remember where they, yeah. they're the wife, I mean,
1: yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. don't look now is what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. That movie, if I recall correctly, it, it, it's so well done where the, the wife is constantly having these weird, like premonitions and, and visions of like disaster and death. And they're really worried because, you know, they lost a son. So she's really, you know, she is also dealing with the loss of a child. And the way that that movie is, is like you, you kind of like, it does the dance of like what is real, what isn't, what's gonna happen, what's not. You have some people believers, some who don't. But this movie, it was just right off the bat, it's like, well, we've proven that she's crazy because we all saw a thing and then everyone else sees another thing that, yeah, it was just this futile exercise in like. I was Anything really else? disappointed with it because I was fully. I would say it
1: has a pretty good first or a setup. Like it, the first, oh yeah, the first act is fine and like ripe for like a really really good fucked up horror movie about motherhood, man. Like it yeah, could have been, picked, yeah, yeah.
0: They picked the the, the lead actress. Uh, I don't know if she was miscast. Or did not, was not on the same page with the material, but she goes from being like any other house, new mom, like kind of like obnoxious new mom in a movie, like, oh, my baby, my baby, when she becomes, quote, crazy and frantic. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, like I've seen better acting in improv. I mean, wow. it was just like, oh my God. She was so, I would not believe her at all. Just so, like, you shut up. I've got a knife. No, I was just like, this, who, who picked this actor? I mean, or like the director, not shoot a pro, it just, didn't it, believe any of it.
1: It fell apart really quick for me, uh, and then like it also introduces that element of like, there's literally a scene I texted you where she googles like something's trying to take my baby, and like it does that thing that every horror movie, every lazy horror movie does, where it's like, yeah. I'm gonna track down the origin. Then there's like a lady she meets, and the lady tells her like, you know, the only way to stop this is to like replace your baby with someone else's baby. Oh, so then,
0: she knows of a baby that's just like her.
1: So yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's just like, first of all how many times can you do a baby monitor scare? Like the whole movie, is yeah. a, it's a baby monitor horror movie. Like it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And they can, then they put up like cameras all over the house. And now she has like an iPad where she's like, looking through her house and there's these things We're like, oh, there's someone in the bedroom or, oh my God, my husband's making out with a woman on the couch and when she confronts it's just like, yeah, that never happened. You imagined it or there's no, f-. it's like, oh God, how much yeah, times are you going to do it?
1: This? It really loses its own, like it, it, it trips itself. Like the movie is, it was going fine and then it just ties itself in knots um mm. also it's really just dumb like the writing is really bad like the when she's in the hospital and then she ends up running home she just rips out her IV and the next scene she's home it's holy like, shit. You live next to the hospital
0: i but la- mo I, I i like yelled to mom I'm like i'm like what the fuck was that yeah the, you're not exaggerating she's literally like i gotta get home pulls out the iv jumps out of the thing like in the gown barefoot like hit, hits home. the yeah. hits the hospital feet runs out the door the next shot she's running up her driveway i'm just like well, like, what? How far did she run? They should
1: have pulled like a comic book, like four hours later or something. Yeah, like, it or was just ridiculous. maybe see her
0: run out of the uh, the uh, the hospital, or like, you know, maybe when she shows up, like she's limping and her feet are all bloody or something. But no, she just like, just just runs right in there. Hey, Dude, where's everyone? At?
1: Yeah, the fucking actual ending, like everyone watching from the window thing. That was I turned most, it up That was one of the weirdest. Wait, did you not see that?
0: No, no, like well, right when she was like. Yes, yeah, so they get to the end where she's pretty much like at a, at the, the neighbor with the babies having a party. She goes and takes her kid and like locks herself in the kitchen. Is like has a knife, like she's gonna kill their kid. Another and I was like, I don't care. I another
1: really dumb thing because like all I was screaming is break the fucking glass. Like oh yeah, that's right. There's like, 40, don't there's like 40 people. Don't kill that baby. Don't kill that baby. There's yeah, forty people chanting, looking in a window, trying to stop something from happening, and none of them break. No, all of them are just like panicking. It's like, totally agree. I, it just took me right out of it again. So, I like, there are it. multiple moments of just like, this movie's really dumb and lazy. But I liked the premise so much, I really was pulling for it the whole time. And it me never, too. it never it congeals well. at all.
0: Yeah, real bummer.
1: Man, that premise is good, though. But, like, this is a, uh, I mean, both this movie and the movie we're about to talk about are both what I would call like allegorical horror.
0: Sure, like, sure. This
1: one was about motherhood and just like the strains of that in a very lazy way. I think the next movie, let's transition now, Seamless, into Ooh. Family Blood. Family which Blood, which is available on Netflix. Available on Netflix via Blumhouse Tilt. This movie is a fucking melodrama. It's a melodrama. I don't okay. I don't even know if I want to call it a horror movie. It's a melodrama with gore in it on occasion. Uh, it's This movie is an allegory for drug addiction, and also, I think, later on, it also works as, like, an allegory for, like, being the the son or daughter of, like, a toxic, bad relationship with, like, domestic Yeah, being the children.
0: I'll say this movie is closer to Transfiguration or Martin.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, this movie is... Uh, it what I would call, yeah, it's like the art house horror, the more like existential question, like uh, there's a meaning behind it type thing. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. And as that, it still isn't great. I think it's almost pretty good. Yeah,
0: I, th- I, w- I put it in the pretty good category. I yeah. did enjoy watching it. I watched it to the end. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I watched the whole thing and yeah, it held my attention. It wasn't like, you know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of put it in the Martin category, but I mean, martin's martin like i love that movie but i love because it it's like a one-of-a-kind movie from like whatever 1975 or whatever whatever it came out um and transfiguration uh you know i was a little harsh on it but the time has kind of told me I'm like, yeah, it actually was pretty good this idea of like a vampire kid in the hood but not so much in the you know that's not what you think. It's basically a kid who's completely isolated from his surroundings and he kind of retreats in this like fantasy of being a vampire, whether he actually is or not. And this movie kind of kisses or bumps up against both of those in the sense of, real quick, I'll do the synopsis. We open on this woman, she's in rehab. She talks about she had problems with pills and drinking and drugs. Her husband left her, took the kids, but she finally got the kids back. So she's clearly putting get back together the pieces. She has a daughter that's maybe like ten, a son who's like a uh, freshman in high school. Or yeah like yeah, youngest kids and clearly they're still a little shell shocked by the whole thing and they're like you know um not quite sure if mom is on the straight and narrow you know what i mean while she's in the rehab she meets a guy who she later runs into in the park at night and lo and behold he's a vampire he gets her now as she, and it, the reason, just,
1: but the reason he gets yeah. her is it, it, she's like she like relapsed for like a hot second right like there was a guy outside the rehab selling pills and i think it's implied that she took them and is like fucking high in the park yeah. right so then he, bites yeah, he, her. And, he come,
0: and he comes to him bites her and the whole premise of just being like if you never want to be addicted to drugs again this will do it and sure enough we see parts of her trying to take pills and but trying to eat or drink anything and her body just rejects it so in theory he cured her unfortunately She's you know that
1: whole fucking vampire
0: i think this movie does a really good job of kind of like um there's a thing in in rehabilitation, especially alcoholism, called a dry drunk. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. So what a dry drunk is is um, so when someone's an alcoholic and therefore drinking lots of alcohol, it clearly is like to be coping with something else inside of them that's going on. So when people quit booze cold turkey when they're alcoholics, um, they'll still d- display patterns of alcoholism because you know AA isn't about not drinking; it's about like fixing yourself and what's really going on inside of you that's why it's like also kind of doubles as therapy so the so the dry drug is kind of like yeah you're not drinking but you are still have mood swings or still vicious or you're still uh reckless or whatever like that, that that's kind of want i understand what that basically means and what happens in this movie and what i thought this movie was so interesting is this woman whether she wanted to or not has replaced one addiction with another yeah. so yeah she's not addicted to drugs anymore but now she's Yes, a vampire, but more specifically, she cannot control her urges to kill animals or try and drink the blood of other people around her. Eating her
1: son's tissue with blood on it.
0: Yeah, it just was like – you see that she, much like an addict, is trying to resist – blood but can't help it and the, and the feelings become overwhelming and eventually this vampire guy kind of moves in or comes in to kind of explain the family what's going on and he becomes like this enabler of like she's getting better she needs this this is this will keep her from being like an alcoholic or a drug addict no this is better for her but of course you see her like, like she kills people and she eats animals stray animals in town and she's not herself and like the kids are really freaked out and want to help her but she yeah. cannot really help herself because she's overcome with this this vampire's addiction to blood
1: yeah i I thought it was fucking harrowing like brutal this movie's like Mm -hmm. fucked up you're watching like this family fall apart like you think you know as a viewer that she's like vamp like a vampire now and it's fucked up her kids don't know that so they just all everyone assumes like she's just relapsing and like of course like it seems like she is so like the family's being torn apart once the guy shows up, he's literally fucking abusing them and like throwing that kid around like as a fucking rag doll. Yeah. Uh, he reminded me most of like th- that his his vampire role reminded me of like true a true blood character or something. like like yeah, vampires yeah. based in reality. Yeah. and like this is what it would be like. first of all, yeah. do you know that guy just got cast in it part two? Oh, great. who's he gonna play? He is Eddie. Wow, really? that
0: guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was the, he. Was, I do believe it because he was uh, Ziggy in The Wire. Did you watch The Wire?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he right. was
0: in uh, the season two, the one that's on the doxy was.
1: Yes. Frank was like Frank Sabaka's like, Sabaka. Frank piece,
0: Sabaka of, piece, of, piece of shit son or, or or cousin or whatever. That's right. Um, that guy's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good uh, pull. Like he's a he's a, he's a true blood because in this movie he's handsome. He's got like short hair. He's got like kind of like you know sunken in cheeks. Kind of looks a little pouty. And then like he can move super fast. Like throw people with one arm really yeah. easily. I like, I I don't want to say that the horror elements are underdeveloped
1: because I think it's on purpose. Like, they very Mm -hmm. rarely do a horror thing, but like when they do, it's pretty cool. Like, when he like quickly jumps up and you're like, oh shit, he's a vampire.
0: And then you see, like, you know, towards the end, the collateral damage of, you know, we're saying vampire, but if you want to think more, a bigger, the big thought of like, you know, the family, like the blowout of, of, of a family of an addict isn't just boo hoo, I'm sad. It's like, the house is destroyed. People's lives are ruined. The police are on their way. It's like, and the kids are like, somewhat. You just They're get this mortified. feeling, like,
1: dude, it's really it, fucked up. It really but it's also like, what, like,
0: like, like, it's just like, uh, like, run or what? Are we like, what are the kids gonna do? Like, even if they run away from the house with the vampires, it's like, well, they gotta go to foster homes and be dragged back. It's just like, it's. I think it's interesting. You know, Martin did a little bit of this, and so did. um both uh, transfiguration and what's the one where the guy's out in the trailer park by himself? Alchemist Cookbook. Oh yeah, that's right. They both kind of have like that similar tone of like a character study—not character study, but a study of the characters who are dealing with this. Um, otherworldly demonic presence either within themselves or around them, but in a very realistic way. And it's an allegory for either mental illness or addiction or whatever. So I thought, I, I thought,
1: you know, it was pretty good. I like it. Yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I really like it. Cause you know, I don't know what I was, ex- I think I was expecting a horror movie when I watched it. So I was a little taken aback, yeah. but once I you could, settle it, in,
0: it could have used, used a little more, um, it looks too nice. It looks yeah. too like, it does look like a drama. It does. Which I didn't like. It does. I mean, for cinematography, it doesn't. If they would have made it more look like a horror movie, or more like visually made it more horror-like, I guess it yeah. probably would have just been. It's definitely more like a movie
1: about addiction than a movie about vampires, like for sure. I feel
0: like, I feel like they could have sprinkled in more of her, you know lusting for blood more yeah. of, more of his backstory just, that's what i meant by
1: it, underdeveloped like i didn't yeah i needed a little more from that but like i got i still got what they were going for but i was like this needs a little more color for it to mean a little more to me Agreed. but i still think it's worth a watch absolutely and that's um man like once you think of it like not a, once you think of it as just like this movie that is about a broken home Like it's really it's really harrowing and like if you, right. if like that horror part if that's what you want to call a horror movie Like that stuff is th- I was I just couldn't believe how intense all that stuff was like the kids stuff Yeah, like, I was just like these poor fucking kids. This is, know, what, yeah. this is what it's like for people. It was it was it was hard to watch I agree All right, and I'm crackling so do an outro
0: Hey, why don't you guys watch those movies and let let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up on the Twitters or the Instagrams. Um, also, don't forget to rate and review the pod. I keep meaning to tell at the beginning of the podcast, and I don't. So at this point, if you're still listening, you probably already have. But if you haven't, come on, help us out, guys. Uh, this is a new flesh podcast, a podcast about horror movies. And you know, all things tendried related to horror. I am Joe Avella at Joe Avella on IG Graham.
1: And I am Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. And we'll be back next week with maybe some more streaming stuff. Because I know there's one called Cargo.
0: Oh with yeah. Martin
1: Freeman. We'll talk about that and maybe some other stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, I learned that
0: death is not the end the new flesh. Oh. I was hoping you'd be back.